0: What is going on? Happy Sunday, everybody. Drop in the comments what city you're tuning in from, what state you're tuning in from. Excited to uh, get Sunday service going tonight. And before we go ahead and get started, I just wanted to let everybody know if you didn't already know, Sunday Service is on iTunes and Spotify, so you can download Sunday Service on Spotify and iTunes, so you can listen to it in your car. If you miss a Sunday Service, I know a lot of people out there, uh, you know, especially you know, right now it is the Sunday before Christmas this week. So, uh, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everybody that's tuning in, listening in. Um, And, you know, for those of you that are missing the live, we will have it on Spotify and iTunes after. So if you haven't already checked Sunday service out on there, make sure to check us out on, on Spotify and iTunes. We're super excited about that. So let's see where everybody's tuning in from. We have California, Miami Beach, Colorado, Salt Lake City, Washington, Palm Beach, Atlanta, Vegas, Oregon, Wisconsin, Alabama. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we're going to go ahead and get started here in just a minute. Sweet. So we're going to be, let's go ahead and jump right into it. We're going to be talking on this Sunday's service about goal setting, Going into 2021, you know, what are some of the goals that you have? So what I'd love to get from you guys on this Sunday service, um, especially, you know, right now is I want to get some feedback going into 2021. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're having in your business right now that you want to eliminate going into 2021? What content can Pace and myself work on putting out videos for uh, you know putting out videos, whether it's additional topics we do on Sunday service, maybe it's bringing some special guests onto Sunday service to help you as well. Let me know what we can help you with and I'm gonna see what we can do to you know get some of those questions answered. So as as some of you are making some uh, some topic suggestions there in the comments, um, let me know what questions you might have that I could help um you know answer <coughs> that i could help answer before we dive into tonight's call all right let's see what we got here automation systems lead generation getting deals starting my business staying consistent I like that. Staying consistent seems to be one of the most common things that I've been talking about, uh, you know, that people keep talking to Pace and myself about. So I, I think that's that'll be one of the biggest uh, topics that, you know, we'll, we'll jump into on here. Um, let's see. Oh, man, these are some great questions. And then if you guys aren't in the Creative finance with Pace Morby Facebook group. I put a post up today. Me and Pace were making a video over at one of our fix and flips um, about you know making the funniest comment below about what he you know um, about the pose that he was making. So we're gonna give away 500 skip traced records to whoever Pace thinks made the funniest comment once he hops on here. So um, make sure to stay tuned for that. And if you haven't seen it already, go into the Facebook group. You still have a shot we're going to have pace go through those on this call and uh, make a decision on which one he likes the best um question on best driving for dollars app that's driven all day long That's driven is definitely the best all right um kelly said there's a link to the group in the description as well if you do not know um you know where to find that but you can also go to facebook Go in search section and search creative financing with Pace Morby, that Facebook group to jump in there. So let's just jump into it. I'm going to go back to the question on remaining consistent. So, so Lewis is saying staying consistent. That's the challenge that he's having in his business uh, to, you know, get him to where he's wanting to go. So, so let's talk about that. Like where does consistency stem from? Like what is causing you to either be consistent or inconsistent in your business. Because I do have to say, for things to change, you have to change. And so when it comes to the topic of being consistent, what you're really looking at is your habits, right? And so for you to create, uh, you know, consistent results, what you have to do is establish habits into your life. You know, uh, for example, people that are in great shape, people that have a good figure, Um, They're typically eating healthy or healthy ish and they're exercising on a consistent basis. They're they're creating those positive habits. So I would say the, the biggest thing about, you know, creating a habit is just like figuring out why you really want that in the first place, because when I talk to a lot of investors that are especially newer in the business and they're you know they're kind of in, they're kind of out. Um, they aren't too sure about themselves. They don't have a lot of confidence yet. Um, where you lack confidence, you have to make up with conviction and the reason why you're doing what you're doing. So for example, um, thinking thinking about you know as we're going into twenty twenty one, what you want twenty twenty one to look like? We aren't going to talk about New Year's resolutions on this call at all because New Year's resolutions don't work. Um, They're not sustainable. So what we're talking about is getting real results. And so with staying consistent, what what helps drive consistency is you establishing something that creates that burning desire inside of you to change your habits. You change your habits. That's going to change the the consistency in, in your day to day. And so part of you know looking at okay so how do we change our habits what are the things that i have to do to make changes with my current day-to-day habits it starts with the way that you're thinking right so the the process looks like this to achieving a result you start with your thoughts your thoughts what's going to happen is what you're thinking about most of the time are going to start to lead to feelings Feelings of uneasiness, feelings of anxiety, or feelings of excitement, feelings of exhilaration, feelings of, um, you know, thrill towards chasing the goal that you're trying to go after, right? So your thoughts are going to lead to feelings and those feelings are going to lead you to taking actions and those actions are going to lead you to creating the results that you're ultimately looking for. So the biggest challenge with consistency is it's all up here. It's all in your head. So, if you're going to become more consistent, you need to start implementing habits that are going to change the way that your thoughts are occurring on a day-to-day basis. So if you're waking up and reading the news, if you're waking up reading the newspaper, a negative newspaper, if you're waking up and starting your day with stress and anxiety, looking at social media, what is going to happen? you're filling. you're literally crapping in your brain immediately when you're starting your day, you're starting your day with negativity. And so you're putting negative junk in your brain. So what's going to happen? You create negative thoughts, which then what happens? You lead to negative feelings. And what do negative feelings cause you to do? Analysis, paralysis, uncertainty, Um, you know, you you can't make a decision. You just stop taking action because you have anxiety because of the fear that you're creating within yourself. So habits, changing your habits are what are going to create more consistency in your life. Because if you focus on your thoughts, getting the right thoughts in your, in your head on a day-to-day basis, reading good books, right? You know, we had, if those of you that were on, um, last week's Uh, Sunday service. We actually had a special guest, Michael Zuber. So you know, I I have his book right here. Is just like an example, right? So, so what you have to look at is if you want more consistency, you need to have more consistent thought processes. So if you're looking at if you're looking at that, changing some habits in your routine. So if you wake up instead of reading the newspaper, instead of tuning into CNN constantly negative news, Fox, same thing. Every news outlet is negative news. What you can do is start wake up, start reading a book, listen to an Audible, listen to an episode of Sunday Service, uh, listen to um, you know uh, a positive YouTube video, right? Do affirmations, create creating that positive thought in your head so that creates positive feelings that then pull you to take action. Because here's the secret guys, Pace and myself are extremely consistent in what we do on a day-to-day basis because we're pouring constantly positive in every single day. Yes, negative things happen to us as well, but the reason that we're continuing to push forward and continuing to excel is because we continuously put in positive in, right? You know, the good thoughts, which then lead to good feelings, which then lead to actions, which actions lead to the fruit, right? If you're not receiving the fruit that you want in your life, inspect the root, which is up here. So I know I went on a little bit of a tangent on consistency, but guys, I tell you what, I have had so many freaking conversations. Pace and I were talking about this today as we were driving around. We've had so many conversations about people saying, Man, I gotta figure out how to be more consistent. I gotta figure, I just gotta figure out, you know, I'm I'm on for two weeks, then I'm off for a week, and then I'm back, and I'm you know, it's this roller coaster. So you have to start changing the habits and some of those things that you're doing for your consistency to continue to flow. So hopefully. Lewis, you know, I, I appreciate that. I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially going into the holidays, consistency with your diet, consistency with your work and your routine. You have to be looking at that, right? So um, hopefully that was helpful on, on that uh, there. Let's see here. So I'm I'm looking at some of the responses here. Um, Carol says, as a man thinketh, da, da, da. yeah, as a man thinketh, that's a great uh literary essay by James Allen. Thanks for sharing. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Kelly, love it. Kenny says, perfect response. Thank you. Struggling hard with mindset as I'm getting started in this business. Just fell on hard times trying to overcome my own negative self-talk. Here's the thing is your negative self-talk, Kenny, I you know, appreciate you being vulnerable. Most people aren't willing to even share what's going on in their head. right? So what you have to look at Kenny, is there's going to be negative times. You're going to have, you know, there's going to be hard days. There's days that I wake up and like there's stress and anxiety and there's things going on that cause me to not want to take action. But the action, you know, motion creates emotion. You know, as you're moving, it starts to create emotion, which is going to help get you out of that. So Kenny, the best thing I would say is, you know, if you're like, if midday you're having some issues with uh, you know, feeling like just you're not able to take action. you're in a funk, maybe you've been doing sales calls for you know half the day and it's just been negativity after negativity. nothing's going your way. contracts fall out of escrow. you know you gotta break that up. you know go go to the gym, get on the treadmill, run, do some jumping jacks like you got to get moving to keep yourself in a good flow because this business is easy to, um, you know, especially with all the, all the freaking challenges you're going to go through, it's easy to get caught up in that. Um, let's see. So King Edward says, start behaving like the person you want to become a hundred percent. You know, uh, they're one of the, you know, things that I, I, th- questions, I guess, that I more so ask myself. And this is a great way to uh, utilize your brain function at a higher level is asking yourself great questions, because like most of the most successful people in the world are really good at asking great questions, right? So what does that look like with within asking great questions? Um, And and King Edward, the third, thank you for bringing that up. So so one of the things that I do, and you can use this for yourself, is if you ever put yourself in a situation, if you put yourself in a situation where you feel stuck, or you don't know what the next step is, you can literally using your brain and asking yourself questions, help you get unstuck. And this is how you do it. So say, for example, you you know, you're there, there's a particular challenge in your business, and you don't know how to overcome that hurdle, right? So what I what I specifically do whenever I'm having a challenge is there's certain mentors that I look up to, and so the mentors that I look up to, um, you know, one of them is the author of the book Profit First, Mike McElwitz, and so from his book, you know, Grant Cardone, I like him just because of his intensity, you know, 10x everything. Um, what I'll do is, you know, taking myself into a state where I can ask questions in my head and answer them as if I was Grant Cardone or, you know, Mike Michalowicz or, you know, whoever that is, whoever that mentor is, is so I'll go in my brain and I'll think to myself, I'm like, if I, you know, imagining myself in my head, you know, literally imagining if I was Grant Cardone, how would Grant Cardone handle this? If I was Tony Robbins, how would Tony Robbins handle this situation? If I was Mike Michalowicz, how would I handle this situation? If I was Pace Morby, How would I resolve this problem that I've failed to resolve thus far? And so when you start asking yourself that, it kind of can give you different perspectives to be looking at um, and and help you resolve issues that you're having challenges with. So I'm going to jump to another question here. I know I went on a tangent. Look look at some of the feedback that we got um, so far. Uh, Um. route says this makes so much sense and trying to dedicate being more consistent. Life has been depressing, hard to get out of the slump. I mean, guys, has 2020 been a kind of a shitty year? I mean, man, like I, this has been one of the best years of my life. But like, as far as what's going on in the world, this year has been crazy. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's been going on. And so, you know, ourselves, you know, pace and myself, you know, everybody in, within the community here, it's like, we have to be the light in the world. Like we gotta be the light to, you know, help people, you know, work through this. You know, we, we have, um, we have the ability to help pour into other people and bring, bring people up in a time where a lot of people are, you know, feeling down. Let's see here. So Lee says, read Atom- Atomic Habits ASAP. I haven't read it, but you know, thanks for the recommendation. Um, Christine says, finding someone to call you out on your BS helps too. someone, uh, you need that person who will keep you accountable even by just pointing out you're off track. Christine, thanks for sharing. I think that's super helpful. Um, you know, going into the, going into the new year, I would look at that guys. I would look at, do you have an accountability partner? Do you have somebody to help hold you accountable when you're not fulfilling what you said you're going to do? If it's the gym, maybe it's getting a workout partner within your work. Finding somebody. If you're a sub two student, you should already be squatting up with other, you know, sub two students and the accountability groups. If you're, you know, just a part of our community and you don't have anyone to be able to, you know, hold each other accountable with, get into the uh, creative finance Facebook group and link up with some people to help you, um, you know, find some people to. Uh, help you out and, you know, hold each other accountable. Kelly is is asking us, what are some of pace and my goals for the new year? Uh, So going into 2021, you know, I'll be pretty, you know, quick on this. We just, we want to scale up our our fix and flips. Uh, We want to double the amount of fix and flips that we're doing um, on, you know, on a monthly basis. And then also, we want to uh, double our wholesaling business by the end of 2021 as well. So we just want to work on, you know, growing the businesses that we have and making them better. You know, um, we don't want to really start uh, any new businesses going into the next year, but more so just refining what we already have and making them the best we can. All right. Um, Lewis is saying, I've managed to stay consistent with waking up at 6am. It's as if I'm trying to do too many things at once being a real estate agent and wanting to focus mainly on wholesaling. Man, I would just say you, you just got to take on a couple things, you know, one or two things at a time, create a habit around it, get consistent with it and find what works for you. Like, too many people, I think say, like, "Oh, you need to wake up at four in the morning, five in the morning to be successful. like you just gotta wake up when it works for you and make sure you get your shit done during the day like that's end of the day, like as long as you're being productive, like that's what matters, right? All right, um let's see what we got here told maybe people are holding book recommendations. What are your challenges and goals for this year? Um, you know, we went over the goals a little bit. You know, challenges, right? So, here's the thing, guys, is every level there's another devil. You always think if I could just get another deal, if I could just get to 10 grand a month, if I could just get to 50 grand a month, if I could just get to 100 grand a month, that's the answer. But the answer is you know, every level is gonna require a different version. What up,
1: Pace? What up, bro? So sorry that I'm late. I apologize. I apologize,
0: dude. Looking, looking uh, nice there, bro. Well, you know, it's what happens when you get married, <laughs> dude. Congrats, man! Another. That's another what talking about? So we're so what we started off here, uh, you know, because one of the things that we were talking about today is just how you know a lot of people you know, reach out to us. How do you guys stay consistent? You know, I'm having trouble with consistency. I'm having trouble just keeping going, you know? And so we were just talking, you know, having a conversation around um, how to become more consistent, how to be, you know, um, to keep yourself in that consistent state, um, you know, instead of being in this world where your life is a roller coaster, you're one day you're up, next day you're down. So we've been talking about that. And then, you know, what some of the challenges, um, you know, people are having, going into the new year and some things that they want to, uh, have a see. C let's see here. They want to have a see um, you know, some questions that they want to get answered, some videos they want us to make and things like that. So just talking 2021.
1: Love it. Yeah. I mean, it was a good day. Um, for anybody that Cody was asking me, Hey, I, you know, usually I kind of direct the flow of the show. So Cody said, what do you, what were your topics going to be? And I said, man, we should kind of parlay from the conversations we were having today, talking about what we want to accomplish in 2021 and ask our audience, what would they like to see us bring to the table in 2021? You know, what kind of value would they like us to bring? Um, you know, what guests do they want us to bring? What conversations, what questions they want us to deep dive on? Um, we have 52 shows we plan on doing next year for Sunday service. So 52 weeks in a row. Um we'd love to have 52 ideas. We usually the way this show started actually started out by us just talking about the deals we were actively doing and then quickly people kind of got bored with our own business and they wanted to know about their own. And um you know jumping into what you're talking about right now, the most common questions that we get are how do I get started? Um or somebody will say I work every day. I've worked every day at this thing for 30 days and I haven't gotten a deal. This must not be real. Because everybody's so conditioned to go work at a job
0: and, and get whether paid you know, a regular paycheck to show up, yes, right. So,
1: interesting thing. Like it's a it's a complete mindset change. It's a paradigm change. It's a it's a, an everything thing, change. So, for example, um, we're employers, we're not employees. Okay, and so there's a transition from you know the way you're raised, go out and get a job to ultimately be somebody who creates jobs, right? And when you're the person who creates jobs, you also have to be the person that's spending the money. Yep. So think about all the people, all the times that your guys' jobs that you still I I was one of these guys, right? There I was one of these guys that the company when I was younger, um, like a gro when I worked at Smith's grocery store. Yeah. There were days where I got paid where we just sat around, we didn't have any customers. Yeah right customers weren't coming through i wasn't bagging groceries i wasn't you know getting carts out of this is when i was like 16 years old yeah and i still got paid yep and you get used to this belief that just because you show up that you should get paid and that your check comes every 2 weeks and then when you jump into being an entrepreneur you ch- change from working and showing up to it doesn't matter if i work and i show up i have to produce monetizable results. I have to have things that actually make money. Right. And it's so interesting. Actually, Kelly Hanna, who's in here right now, one of our employees who does not have an employee mindset. Kelly is an absolute amazing person. Yeah. You know, we deal with, she runs a team for us and we deal with people on that team that just because they show up, you know, so we're, they, they believe they should get a paycheck. We're having to train them and like bring them into adulthood by saying, that's not how it works. You need to produce results. So this business is the same way. People that try and get into this business 30 days, 60 days, 90 days even, and they don't um, get any real results. It's amazing how they just give up. And then you just made a really good Instagram post that I, I just saw on the way from the wedding to here about that exact thing same freaking topic. It's amazing to me. Like Cody, let me ask you that question. If I'm, if I'm brand new getting into this business, let's say I have a nine to five job and I'm going into 2021 brand new. What would, what day, how do I know I should quit? How do I know this isn't for me? Is it 30 days? Is it 180 days? What is that? T- what? How do I know I'm not good at this type of business?
0: I mean, I don't think there's ever the appropriate time to quit. I think there you never are gonna fail in, in this business if you continue, if you correct and continue. But the, the thing is, you gotta correct and continue. If you're doing, the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result to come of that. So you what you have to look at is like the only way that you fail in this business is if you do the same dumb shit over and over again and think that's going to work if it's not working. So you have to correct and continue, number one. And number two is if you quit. So some people are going to get a deal faster than you. That's okay. Some people are going to take, you know, three months, six months, nine months, maybe a year to get their first deal. Like, I, hopefully, it doesn't take you that long to get a deal. But it's it's about never quitting it's it's about making a true commitment to yourself it's it's people it's just too many people don't actually commit they don't commit truly to doing it like when i started in this business like commitment means that after the feeling has left you when you felt all warm and fuzzy about i'm gonna do real estate after that feeling has left you but you're continuing to stay committed to the end result that you set out to at the beginning, that's actual commitment. You're just curious, you're not serious about it if you're not consistently taking action. So th- there's never the appropriate time to quit unless from the beginning you just didn't really want it.
1: Yeah, I, I say this to people all the time, people do exactly what they want to do, okay? So do you want to be an entrepreneur? You and I had this conversation earlier. Like, do you think that people are born with it? I I feel like it's a mix. I feel like either people are born, like Elon Musk was born to be Elon Musk. There was no other option but for that anomaly of a human being. Same thing with Steve Jobs, you know, Warren Buffett. Like, these guys were born. They weren't necessarily created into somebody, right? But then you've got David Goggins. Think about David Goggins, right? He went into the military, spent all his time. He was abused. He didn't wake up one day and go, okay, I'm going to, like Gary Vaynerchuk started a lemonade stand when he was tw- you know, eight years old and was pimping out his friends and leveraging his friends to make money for him. Yeah. That dude was born to be an entrepreneur. However, guys like David Goggins were built, right? And so the video I watched this morning on YouTube was David Goggins talking about what that commitment looks like and how he's like, it's so simple, man. It's absolutely so simple, but it is hard. And it's the most cliche part of this entire business. People going into 2021 are like, this is finally going to be my year. Don't understand what commitment is, right? This is finally Mm -hmm. going to be my year. We actually push harder, I feel like in December, than we do the rest of the year because we know everybody else is slowing down. Yeah, we're merging companies. We sat down with our attorneys on Tuesday last week talking about creating three new businesses. Merging two of them together, shifting and, and creating new roles and responsibilities, taking people and elevating them. We've given more promotions this month in December than we did all the rest of the year combined. Like this has been an interesting year. So guys, we're commit. We are so committed. There's not even another option in my mind. I know this is what I, I'm doing the rest of my life. Now, if I'm working a nine to five job, that's a little bit different scenario, Right. I have to go to that nine to five to pay my daily bills. But the question is, and when I picked you up today before we went and drove properties together, I was listening to Jordan Peterson, this lecture about him talking about the things he wished he knew before he really got started into adulthood. And he went into this whole thing and he said, the average adult wastes four hours a day wastes, like completely wasted time doing absolutely nothing or watching TV or having stupid frivolous conversations with people that don't have anything to do with their growth. They're wasting four hours a day. And then he broke down the equation of like, dude, you literally are wasting a month of your entire year on stupid conversations, stupid things, whatever. So the question you got to ask yourself is what are you doing during those two to four hours? Cody, if I was brand new and I know I have a nine to five and most people Nine to fives really don't really exist. It's like people have different schedules, and mm-hmm. you know, some people start at four in the afternoon yeah. and go to midnight. Some people start at midnight, go to four in the morning, whatever. I think the average person I understand rush hour doesn't start at five o'clock or five thirty. Rush hour starts at about four, th- maybe four fifteen. People leave their work before
0: four o'clock, like.
1: I feel like it's kind of an eight to four, maybe a yeah. nine to four type yeah. of world.
0: Like if I'm like driving around town, it's like three o'clock, three thirty, it starts picking up and I'm like, Where's everybody going?
1: Right. <laughs> you and I do not live in that world. So you and I yeah. text each other back and forth about how frustrating it is to like navigate around the nine to fivers. But here's my question. If I'm one of those people, right? I, I'm one of those people and I get home at three, get home at four, maybe I have kid. I have kids and I have four hours in the evening or maybe an hour in the morning before my kids wake up and three hours at night, what are the activities that I should be doing on a daily basis to to build my business?
0: Oh man. Like, I I mean, I would say, and I talked about this at the beginning of the call when you weren't on here, pace is like making sure that you're, you're feeding your mind, something, you know, positive. So like in the morning, especially, you know, if you have a little bit of time, I would turn your car, into entrepreneurship, university, business, real estate, university. Don't stop listening to the radio when you're driving to work in the morning, number one. And then when you're driving home, be listening to something positive, right? Like you could take that hour, hour and a half of commute time and get an hour to an hour and a half of a great audible that's gonna help you grow and take yourself to the next level, number one. Um, What I would also do is that time that you have in the evening, Yeah, you know, if you haven't already identified, identify something that you can start taking action on immediately, whether that's driving for dollars, maybe on your way home, instead of going straight home, you go drive for dollars and add 25 or 30 properties to a list that then when you get home, you cold call those people and you text them and you try to reach out and, you know, make offers, try to put deals together, like just taking, like finding something that you can squeeze into that time where it's actually going to produce money. Too many people that are in nine to five, I think their job kind of get keeps them a little bit too cushy and kind of like you know they feel a little bit too good because they're comfortable, their bills are paid, that they don't have their back against the wall, being pressured to getting a deal. But so I would say doing something in that time, whether it's cold calling, whether it's texting, whether it's following up with leads, whether it's you know driving for dollars, doing things that are going to bring revenue in that time in the evening. In the morning, it's getting your mind right, learning, getting better, becoming a better version of yourself. So then in the evening when you're taking action, you can get results.
1: Yeah, you know um, there's so many different answers to this. Yeah. there's so many different ways. I, I think that the real thing for me is this is me, this is my answer. If somebody asked how do you do what you do it's going to be an answer you probably don't hear a lot my answer is this it's create chaos <laughs> i mean really that's my job my job yeah. is to go create chaos go shake the bushes go find things go help people that i don't know go talk to people i've never talked to before go explore things, go take risks. My job is to create chaos and make things like make the universe vibrate so much that my partners, myself can just start picking and choosing what we need to be working on. Right. I mean, think about it. You and I acquired part of a title company this year because of the chaos. Right. Yes. Right. So you just pick and choose the opportunities as they come to you. But you won't have opportunities if you don't go create chaos. So so many people want everything to be perfect. Okay, my wife and I have had this conversation so many times. I call it the A items and the B items, right? The B items are I'm going to go down to Office Max, I'm going to get a whiteboard, I'm going to hang it. I'm going to So this is actually this is a great topic because I want to jump into like where you and I started, okay? Mm-hmm. So people are like I'm going to get a perfect whiteboard, I'm going to get my you know, my letterhead done, my website done, my business cards done, ready to go. Right. I'm going to get everything dialed in. My website has to be perfect. And those are B items. They don't make you any money. What they do is they mentally convince you that you're working and you're doing something when you really are not. Okay. Here's a secret. The A items are actually what you put on that whiteboard. Like what are we going to do? Let's plan, let's plan, let's plan, let's plan. So here's a funny thing that not a lot of people know. But when you and I first started working together, we didn't take four seconds to hang a whiteboard. Okay, Cody, I would go over to Cody's house maybe once every week, once every two weeks. We'd spend three, four hours. I was kneeling on on the floor in his upstairs condo on a whiteboard that we didn't have time to hang. We were just filling it up, erasing, filling it up, erasing. Okay, Pace, you go call this seller outside. I'm going to work on this, this, and this. I remember that sell, you were like, hey, I, I got a seller. I need you to call. I go, perfect. I go outside. I close the deal. I come back in. I go, next. Right? Like that's yeah. creating chaos. Like you yeah. go do this. I'll go do this. You go do this. I'll go do this. Fill the whiteboard up. Stop trying to hang the whiteboard. Right? The the proverbial hanging of the whiteboard and making sure everything is perfect all the time. Guys, people are like, I'm lost. I'm th-. It's because you're not comfortable in the chaos there is never going to be a time in your business where there's not absolute chaos. Get used to it. Do you know anybody that's in a thriving business that's not like getting pulled three or four different ways? I mean, at least in the first 3 or 4 years of your business before you really solidify, you know, operations and procedures. And that's the funny thing too. People are like, "I need to know my my stand my SOPs." <laughs> what? You need to know your, your standard operating procedures. You have no deals. You have no employees. You have no office. What you have nothing to operate. You have no procedure that is needed. Go create chaos, go create problems for your business to have to solve. That's a hundred percent what it is. And you and I would meet at McDonald's dude. When you and I met, this is what's funny. I was doing, my wife and I at the time, we were doing 10 plus deals a month. We were, we had probate attorneys sending us deals. We were, my, um, I was spending $20,000 a month with Homebusters. I had plenty of money. We could have easily just hung that stupid whiteboard, right? We could have hired somebody to do it. I could have done it. Like all the stuff that's on Cody's wall behind him. Okay. Cody, how long did that take me to hang all that stuff, measure it, get it into the (laughs) wall? How long did that take me? Yeah, 11 minutes? Yeah. Guys, I, I'm great with all these things. I'm great with my hands. I've been a contractor's son. I was a contractor for many years. Contractor for many years. We didn't have time to hang the whiteboard. We were too busy creating chaos and focusing on our business and saying, okay, Cody's going to generate the leads. Pace is going to step outside and walk up and down the, the freaking, what was the na- what's the name of your condo?
0: Thorough uh, at Greenfield. So-
1: I would walk up and down the, the streets of Tesoro on my cell phone, closing deals. And then I'd come back into your condo go, what's next? What's next? What's next? And you're like, dude, holy crap. All right. And then you turn around, right? And you're applying pressure to each other. So yeah. here's my answer for somebody who's a nine to five. Okay. somebody's a nine to five, maybe you're a single mom, you're a single parent. You've got kids. Guys, I got kids. My wife, ha- we have kids. I'm telling you, I understand the chaos. My parents, I grew up in a family of 12 children, 12 children. I have still never met somebody with more children in their household than I grew up with. My dad had to make enough money to support 12 children. He was the only income. My mom had to stay home for obvious reasons because that's a lot of freaking work. My dad found a way to find the quiet time to build his business. My dad found time away. He, He structured it properly. There is absolutely zero excuse for people to have children. Everybody's got children, guys. Okay. Here's the the thing when you get home, ask yourself this question. Okay. I want everybody, I want to see some chat stuff in here. I'm sorry, I'm going off. Everybody in the chat, everybody paying attention to me, give me a yes because I'm going to ask everybody a question. How many people are in your phone right now? Living the life that you want to live, that you could just text right now like a friend, right? somebody that's multimillionaire. I mean, th- this month alone, Cody, think about this, this month alone, between the Atlanta deal, um the Glendale Airbnb, the properties we bought together the the all the stuff that we did, we accumulated nearly four million dollars in real estate in thirty days. And what's funny about that is that you and I are not satisfied. We're sitting here the week before Christmas while everybody else is thinking about, you know, Christmas shopping and all this stuff. We're like, let's take Sunday five hours together and plan out our 2021 together on a Sunday. I had to go to my wife. My wife is the most supportive woman of the world first and foremost, but I said, Hey, sweetie, I'm going to go work, work with Cody. We got to do our 20, 2021 plans. Bro, we're driving between our properties and doing our planning. We're not making it all nice. We're not in a glass lined, um, you know, boardroom like this is a perfect situation. We're sitting there putting our where we put our notes
0: on our note, literally the notes app on our phones. The
1: notes app, guys. This is this is how it's done. Go create chaos. I'm driving and we're spinning, spitballing about every revenue stream that Cody and I have. Think about this. Cody and I haven't even been partners a year and a half. And we have nearly 10 streams of revenue right now in a year and a half because we created the chaos. So here's the question I have for you. How many people do you have in your phone right now that are living the life financially and having the opportunities, the streams of income, the balance with work life? They have a great marriage Right? They have kids that are well behaved. How many people are in your phone that you can text right now that are inspiring people that you want to be around? How many people do you have? 10 years ago in my 20s, I didn't spend enough time spending time with those types of people. I wasn't trying to elevate my circle of influence. I wasn't trying to essentially put my circle of influence on audition constantly. So here's how you do it. If you're a single parent, if you have a nine to five, if you have, you know, limitations, spend your time wisely, spend your time with other people that are like-minded that are trying to do the same thing. Okay. So what would I do? I would do what Cody did. Cody goes on freaking podcasts. And instead of him just saying, wow, that was a great podcast. I wish I could, I wish I knew who that person was. Cody reaches out to these people, not just me, which is how him and I met, But Cody will reach out to people and go, hey, really enjoyed that podcast. have a couple of questions about your business. Would like to network. Okay. Maybe that's a little, you know, people are afraid of that because they're brand new. But think about this. Go into a free Facebook group. We have one. We have a free Creative Finance Facebook. 16,000 members. There's not a state in the country that we don't have at least 100 members in. Go and find those people and team up with them and say, hey, I want to find... I want to do a local accountability group where we can tag team off of each other. We can create chaos with each other. And now you want to remove the friends and the people who are wasting your time, the people who are wasting your children's time. There's people relying on you guys to have 2021 as your best year. And you guys, I, man, I'm so regretful in my twenties. Holy moly. My children and my children's children will freaking pay for the waste of time. I, I wasted in my twenties hanging around idiots So how many people do you have in your phone right now? How many people do you have in your phone that you know are living the life that you want or something similar, something that resembles the life that you want? Most people should be saying, honestly, not enough, not enough. And that is what will keep you accountable. That is what will drive you because we become the people we're around, okay? We truly become the people that we're around. It's amazing how all of a sudden people who like, like the Chicago Bears are all of a sudden hanging out with each other. The people who like this all hang out with each other, right? But the people who are successful in real estate, guys, guess what? We all start hanging out with each other. We all start hanging out with each other. So Facebook user, check this out. This is interesting. I have zero people in my circle of influence. Okay, zero Eric Casey, they have none. I, they, some people have money, but they aren't happy. Love that. Rini Torres, which I love her comments. She's like one of the best people in here. She makes the best comments. She's a I, I think Rini's a broker. She definitely is a, an agent, but she has one. Okay. Not enough, not enough. Um, Christian Hernandez, Pace, what's your number so I can add you to your con- to my contacts? Christian, you have my number. It's my in my Instagram DMs. I answer my Instagram DMs more frequently than I answer my cell phone. <laughs> it's easier. I can do video. Christian, I've video chatted with you on inst- or like replied to you via video on Instagram DMs. I reply to my Instagram DMs way faster than my phone, way faster. So check this out. Christian says, I have zero people. Kim says, none that I know of.
0: tequila who is i love tequila she's awesome zero what do you think about this question pace yeah strategies to grow your circle of influence um
1: you know this is an interesting conversation what are your thoughts on it because i I, you know me i could talk for an hour about this What, what are your thoughts on it
0: yeah, so I think the first thing is becoming aware, like becoming aware that you may be spending time with not the best people, right? Because it's like birds of a feather flock together, you're the average of the 5 people you spend the most time with. So, you know, it's you have to do an audit. Like, you know, the IRS does an audit if you aren't paying your taxes, you got to do an audit of your relationships and the people that you're spending the most amount of time with. How much money are the people around you making that you spend the most time with? What does their health look like? What does their family life look like? How much you know happiness and joy do they f- feel in their life? You know because you're going to be the average of those five people. And so what you have to do is start looking at ways where you can integrate into other networks. How did I do that originally? I would start. I started joining masterminds. Like I paid to play. I paid to join masterminds to be around high level individuals so I can get access. I wanted access to high level people to be around because some of the people I was around weren't high level. So I would pay to get involved with masterminds, freeways, you know, you can go to meetups, um, intentionally bring value to people that are higher level, find ways that you can bring value to people that are higher level than you and, and work your way into the circle. Or, I mean, obviously for me, I reached out to Pace on a podcast, but like, there for, for the conversation that me and Pace had. So then uh, for us to end up working together, there was a hundred other people that I've reached out to that never gave me the time of day, never responded to me, you know, blew me off. Um, so it's, you know, you just have to look at, like, you just gotta put the reps in and, you know, trying to, um, yeah, Laura, you know, go work for someone who you admire. That's a great way. That's what Laura
1: did. Laura went and worked for like one of the top um, mortgage brokers in the state. She went and worked for Danny Perkinson, one of the top real estate brokers in the state. She worked for Invitation Homes, dude. She was working for Tom Tom and Marcus, these guys that were doing thousands and thousands of deals. These guys now have like $900 million of Blackstone's money. Like My wife sought out those opportunities and went and worked for people way higher level than herself, me, and anybody in her circle of influence. I love that advice. That's super smart. So here, here's my thought. How do you get a hold of really successful people? First and foremost, let's talk about what happy is. Cause I really thought somebody had a really good comment up here saying who's happy. Okay. Let, sure. me, let me jump on that for just a second. Okay. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Ooh, who knows what drives me guys. I've talked about this a lot. I'd love to get back to that. Um, I'd love to get back to this cause this really, really does answer, um, a lot of why i never stop. Okay. And Kelly Hanno can probably answer this question cause she asked me the same question. I gave her a 45 minute answer that is now one of my recorded modules in my sub two course, because it was like one of my favorite questions and the way I answered the question, I think a lot of people got it. So the question is that I want to talk about real quick is what is happy? Do you, Cody? Do you feel like I'm a happy person? Right. Uh, yeah, definitely. There's not one aspect of my life that I feel it, I'm unhappy about. There are a few things that I'm unsatisfied with. Okay. I feel like I have so much to offer, so many solutions to so many problems, and I am. I feel like I have anxiety that. I even have to sleep because there's so many things I want to be doing. Outside of that, I'm I'm just never satisfied with what we're doing. I'm temporarily amused, but never satisfied. Okay. Temporarily amused. I'll say, amazing. We got a $35,000 deal. You know, you and I went to that fix and flip today where you're like, oh yeah, we're making 45 grand. I'm like, in four seconds, I went from hell yeah to where's the next one, right? Um so I'm temporarily amused, never satisfied in my workplace. I am 1000% happy in every aspect of my life. I love my life. It is amazing. And it's because I feel like maybe I'm in control of it and I understand that um even when things don't go well and they're not perfect because not everything is perfect. I know with full clarity that when something doesn't go well, it's because of my own decisions. And I have clarity in that understanding so that I can go forward and know that I can control the next outcome a little bit better. That, to me, is true happiness. I have a great relationship with my wife. We travel. We do all the fun things. We have no limitation on money. I can tell you in my household, money has never been a problem because of the chaos that I create. (laughs) Right. I know Cody's happy because I can't ha- I can't hang out with people that aren't happy. I know Cody's happy. But guess what? Cody is as well. He is temporarily amused and never satisfied. Yeah, I-, I won't be satisfied until I'm freaking dead. I just know I'll work until the day I'm dead. I love what we do, bro. Do you ever have a moment or a day where you're like, I don't love what I do?
0: No, I mean, obviously things aren't always perfect and going the you know, the way we want them to, that's part of the chaos, but it's just, it's just working towards what you love. Like, I mean, like I'm just doing and working and pursuing this love of life. You know, it's like, why, why wouldn't you be happy? You know, it's the best we have full control. So
1: that's the thing that we're trying to do here. Guys on this podcast is not talk about how amazing we are. Or how cool we are or anything like that. I mean, I used to be self-conscious about telling people how happy I was because there's so many effing haters out there. Oh, you're so happy. Oh, you think you're better than me. Yeah, I am better than you. I'm in a different phase of my life. You're in phase one. I'm in phase four. I'm trying to get to phase nine. Yes, I'm in a different phase. I'm no longer apologetic about what I'm doing in my life. I used to be self-conscious. But I realize it's the only people that are below me that are the ones that are talking shit. Nobody above me is, is, everybody else above me, as you climb that ladder and you phase, so like, let's talk about phase one real quick. Well, phase one is somebody that doesn't take responsibility for their actions, right? Somebody that says, well, I show up, I should get paid, right? Somebody that doesn't say, I need to produce in order to get paid, that's phase one, Right? Phase two is somebody saying, you know, I recognize my actions. I just don't know what to do. Step three, phase three is I recognize everything. I know what to do and I just need to be consistent, right? Phase four is now, okay, it's time to create my legacy because I understand and I'm out of that. I know when I make mistakes, I take responsibility. So for me, yes, I am absolutely happier and better than the people in phase one. I am so sorry. I've already passed that phase, okay? But the challenge is, so many people are like ashamed of going out and, and doing this stuff it's so weird like they're ashamed to let their family know i'm getting into real estate like it's their d- dirty secret have you ever ran into people like that like they're like don't
0: want to tell anybody what they're doing yeah it's because the people they're surrounding themselves with make them feel lesser by you know sharing what they're doing it, you know it's 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 that whole you know the crabs in a bucket it's like how they fish for crabs you know it's i mean for those of you that don't know the story, um, basically how it's crabs or lobsters, I don't know the exact fish, but you know, crabs or lobsters, basically what happens is when you're fishing, they send down, uh, you know, their container, whatever they're capturing them in, right? It goes to the bottom of the the sea floor. And what happens is they, you know, the crabs, lobster, they crawl into, uh, you know, into the container, And so they crawl into there, they start eating the bait, they start eating the bait and then all of the bait is gone. And then what happens is the crabs are all at the bottom of the pot. One of the crabs is like, man, this doesn't really seem like a great idea to just be hanging out here anymore. There's no food here. There's no opportunity here. I'm going to do something different. I want to change things. So what does that crab do? They start crawling out of the container. The container is open, but here's the thing. This is what happens. A crab starts crawling out of the container. What happens is all of the other crabs basically say, what are you doing? Where are you going? You need to stay in here. Why why are you trying to do something different? They grab it. They pull it back down. They pull it back down. If it tries harder, they will even go to the point of killing that crab for it trying to do something different, for it trying to escape the trap, escape the lobster, the crab trap. And that's what's happening for a lot of people is they're going, they're excited, and they're getting pulled down by these people that want them to ultimately end up in the trap.
1: Right. Check this out. Here's another question for you guys. So I asked you a question earlier. How many people are in your phone right now in your Rolodex that you feel like are living the life that you want to live or some semblance of it? Because Jeanette has a really great question. Is never being satisfied a good thing? for me, I have no choice. It's who I am. My, my, it's who I was built to be. I was built to be a creator. And I feel like every single human being has some sort of creation abilities inside of them. Right. And if you want to get biblical, right, we were, we were created in his likeness, right? We were created in God's likeness. What is God? He is a creator. You therefore are a creator. Okay. Okay. You, therefore, are meant to create things, create families, um, create jobs, whatever it is. Now, what's beautiful is that this life is like either a box of chocolates or like a box of crayons. There's a reason why there's multiple colors in a box of crayons because not everybody's going to like blue and not everybody's going to like red. You have to design the life that you love, right? I'm designing the life I love. And this is why at the very beginning when I jumped in here, I said, people do what they truly like or what they truly want. Now, yeah. what do I mean by that? I even mean all the bad decisions that people make on a daily basis. And I'm talking about myself, guys. I make bad decisions every once in a while as well. Maybe a few a day. Okay. But I'm doing them because either A, I have a mental hangup on something that I learned from my children, my, uh, my parents, right? Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. That, what a great book that is, by the way. Or I'm doing it because there's some comfort in something I'm doing. Maybe the way I'm eating. Maybe it's the lack of exercise. Like I enjoy sitting on the couch. So people truly just do the things that they want to do. Okay? So part of it is figuring out what do you want to do. I want to create. I get energy from it. I I feel like I'm living my purpose when I'm creating. And therefore, if I'm creating, I'm never satisfied with sitting complacent. I have a hard time sitting still. I'm like, okay, great. We came to this. We came here. We've been here for 45 minutes. Great. Let's go to the next spot. Right. And I think my wife is a good grounding mechanism for me because she's a little bit more the opposite where she'll say, okay, we need to sit here. We need to absorb. I know you want to go, 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 go. But Jeanette, the question is, what kind of life do you want to live? Because I know where I want to be. I know where in five years I want to be. I know where Cody and I want to be in a year from now. Right. We have our eyes on the prize and we'd be happy to give you guys Maybe what we should do next Sunday service is break down our 2021 goals for every um, income stream that we have. And then, dude, I'd love to hear some of your personal goals too next week week. because I have personal goals. My wife has personal goals that we're trying to accomplish. Jeanette, what are your goals? What are you trying to create? Because your life is never going to be you don't want to create and fashion your life after me and vice versa. So for me, never being satisfied doesn't require you to never be satisfied. Hopefully
0: that, right. that helps. I think a big thing on, on that, what Jeanette's saying too, is like everybody like Face is saying about, you know, like the crayon analogy, it's like, everybody's going to have a different color that they like, you know, Laura saying, if you aren't growing, you're dying. I, I think it's really not staying, it's not being satisfied because like Laura's saying, if you're not growing, you are dying if you're not working out your muscles in the gym consistently you're not growing your muscles, they're slowly retracting and you're losing muscle. If you're not consistently working on your business and growing it, it's slowly dying. It's if you're not working on your relationship and your you know, with your spouse, it's slowly dying. It's not growing. It's, it's just the way life works. If you're not growing, you're, you're, you're going to be moving towards the opposite, which is dying. So that's part of not being satisfied and, be, not being satisfied doesn't mean you're not happy. It's just a healthy relationship with, you know, I am temporarily amused, like Pace said, and but at the same time, like I want to continue to be better. I like I'm in, you know, if you feel like you're in shape, it's like I want to be in better shape. My business is good. I want to make it better. Like why wouldn't you want to continue to make it better? Because I, I think the true unhappiness in life is is retirement, where it's like you stop doing, you know, what you love doing. I think if you're working on your passion, you never really are working a day in your life. I
1: know. And it, isn't it funny too, because it's these cliche things. So check this out. There's a couple of things I want to highlight. Kirk yeah. said something I love. I'm going to get back to that in Cass. So Cass says it's cool to quote all these fly words. Other has others have coined about life. And I call those the cliche items, right? We all have yeah. heard them. Right? Like what Cody just said is a very cliche thing, yeah. which is, If you find your passion, you're doing all that kind of stuff. You're never working a day in your life. It's the reason they're cliches because they're true. Yeah. Right. And it's, I hate them because I'm like, oh, get out there and do the work. But that is absolutely very, very true. (coughs) What ties into that is this Kirk. I love this, bro. Everyone wants to save the world, but nobody wants to help mom with the dishes. Right. Nobody wants to do the actual work. What they want is everybody's looking for the easy button. Right. And sometimes I tell people in the first couple of modules in the sub two mentorship, I tell them in week zero, right? I have a week zero, right? Most people start on week one. I start on week zero because I'm like, yo, you're jumping in this. You need to understand expectations. You are not going to be a multimillionaire overnight. This requires hard work, sacrifice. And you, if you use the word in like video five or six, I'm like, millionaires don't complain. Millionaires don't use the word disappointed. Look at this. Interesting that Kelly's jumping in here. That's so interesting. Anyway, millionaires don't use those words. They don't think about those things. They just continue to work. And I I love that, Kirk. I love that. And everybody wants to save the world, but nobody wants to help mom with the dishes. So good. So Rini says, for me, it's the hunger to want to do more and more every day. Randy, trying to get advertising to bigger cities, more people, more opportunities. Love that. Just because you're not satisfied doesn't mean you're not grateful. 100%. Satisfied just means, and this is the thing, I think as you elevate, right? You look back at your formal, former self. So look at, look, at the, look at the year and a half ago you or the two year ago you, Cody, before you and I met. Mm-hmm. And if you could jump into a time machine and sit, sit there as a fly on the wall for one day and just watch you two years ago, would you be
0: embarrassed? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, it's night and day. Same thing with me, right? So my goal is to, like,
1: I want, I want to avoid myself, my future self coming back in a time machine and being embarrassed by the daily activities I'm doing. But I can tell you, you become a completely different person. You have a foundation, right? The way your parents built you, maybe your religion, your foundational concepts of right wrong you know is marriage important to you if if marriage's not important to you do you want kids you don't want kids those types of things very rarely change but the things that change are your your the paradigm about business and the paradigm about how to grow an empire and the paradigm of what your limitations are that i think one of my favorite freaking things this year that i read was in T Harvecker's book that you suggested i read about his wife tell tell everybody about his wife like i think it's like chapter 2 what was she going through and what was like the big mental breakthrough
0: so in the story for those of you that don't know t harvecker wrote the book uh, secrets of the millionaire mind and so the story he was talking about was him and his wife were in a situation where they were on the verge of divorce and until because they were having such friction around money and so what happened is they went to the root of the problem. The fruit is just what is occurring, but you have to go back to the root to figure out what's actually causing that. So the the root of the issue was she went back to her childhood. And so when she was a little girl and the ice cream truck would drive by her family's home as she was growing up, when she was a little girl, she would hear the, the ice cream truck, she would Hear it, and she'd say, Mommy, Mommy, like, I want an ice cream. Like, I need money for ice cream. And she'd say to her, you know, to, to Yarp's wife, um, you know, I, little Sally, whatever her name is, your daddy has all the money. You know, I, mommy doesn't have any money. I don't have, you know, uh, mommy, moms don't have money. Like, dad has all the money. So she would do this, she would run to her dad and say, daddy, daddy, like I wanna get ice cream. And so he would give her money, she would go outside, pay the ice cream man, get her ice cream, get satisfied. And then what would happen? The next time the ice cream truck went by, mommy, mommy, I want ice cream. Nope, mommy doesn't have money, daddy has all the money, dad has the money. So what did that cause? It created a paradigm around mommy doesn't have money. What did that create for her? Women don't have money. If I have money, it needs to go away because women shouldn't have money, don't know how to make money, shouldn't have it, right? So what, what this was causing the, the fruit in her life as she was older was as T. Harvecker was becoming more successful and making a lot of money, what was his wife doing? The standard thing she was taught to do when she was a, a child was mommy shouldn't have any money, mommy doesn't have money and should get rid of all the money because dad is the one that has the money and makes the money. So her paradigm was around getting rid of money. So anytime she had a dollar, she'd spend $2. Anytime she'd get any money, she would just spend it immediately. And that was her paradigm. And so she had to go back and work through those issues uh, mentally so that she was able to make better decisions financially and eventually be in this position where that was changed. Like obviously you can logically look at that and say, well, just stop spending the money. But the th- some of the things that we're making decisions and the ways that we're acting are from deep rooted from when we're children. And we didn't have a choice of the way that we were brought up or the way that we were thinking at that stage in our life, but it's baggage that's brought to us into our adulthood. So it's the work that you have to do to get out of that. But just know that, you know, if you're the type of person where you're noticing you're sabotaging yourself, that's, you got to look and, you know, look under the hood and see what's going on. And it's most yeah, likely- it's interesting
1: when I, when I read that chapter, it was, it was so good because when I was growing up, I remember my dad would, you know, very similar to the way that my wife and I run our money, which is so funny. My dad paid all the bills. Money came into my dad's account. That was like paid all the bills, the groceries, every little thing, vacations, whatever. And then when my mom made money, <coughs> my mom would spend her own money, right? It was kind of like my mom, it was like your, my money's mine and your money is mine type of thing, which is fine. A lot of people's marriage is that way. I have nothing wrong with that. That's not my point. My point is this one time when I got to maybe 16 years old, my dad decided, you know, I'm getting really busy. I've got two businesses going, I'm going to start having your mom manage the money so I can take my eyes off of that and focus on building these other businesses. So my dad would give her basically an allowance every month to pay the bills. So what would happen is that my mom, let's say, the number I remember my dad starting out at was, okay, my mom would get $5,000 a month to pay the majority of the bills. And my dad would send it to her account and my mom would spend dollars. Then my dad's like, you know, he, she'd say, hey, I'm a little bit short this month. You know, a couple things came up, da, 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 da. next thing you know, my dad's like, okay, I just need to make more money, right? I need to make more money. So he then gave my mom $6,000. So now she's, he's thinking, oh, she should have a surplus. A thousand uh, extra. Bro, she should have $990, $99 extra that she's putting into like a rainy day fund if something happens. But well, what do you think she starts doing? She spends now $6,001. This elevated to a point where as my dad over the course of two years elevated his ability to make more money, my dad got to a point where he was giving my mom $11,000 a month to pay the same bills that were there two years ago. But somehow, some way, my mom was figuring out a way to spend every penny and more than what she what she would be given. And when I read the T. Harv um, excerpt about his wife and how she was raised, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's what was going on with my mom. Like she had something in, internally that was like, get rid of the money, get rid of the money. My mom, just was learn, she was just taught from a very young age, women don't have money. It's the husband, right? So when we talk about mindset and why mindset is so critically important is because we are in some weird way, everybody, you know, a victim of our environment. So it's our job, our responsibility to make the life we want, figure out how to solve the weird mental, you know, balls and chains that we have inside of our brain, cut those, clip those, work on those, and then become the people we want. It's super interesting to think about this stuff because it is real. And as you gain, you know, years and experience, you realize it's real. It's not hocus pocus and it's not folklore. It is 100% real stuff. Mm -hmm. Mindset work. So, Super interesting stuff. Um, if you guys have not read T. Harvecker's vo- book, Secrets of a Millionaire's Mind, it's a very short read, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I think I read it in, when I was in Atlanta twice. I read it. I, did, I don't read books, guys. I typically will listen to Audible. I listened to it twice and I, I listened to it early in the morning, probably like 3 a.m. Got stuff going while I was doing my email, listened to it. Then I reset it up again. Jamil walks in. And he's like, What are you listening to? right? And I was like, dude, this is amazing. And I told him a couple of things. He's like, oh my gosh, that's so true about my life too. Oh my gosh, I got to read this book. So guys, if you haven't read that book, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, it's amazing, amazing stuff. So going into 2021, I think the conversation next week, what we should focus on is what are Cody and my maybe top five income streams? Um, and we can talk about those right now. Um, Matt Johnson says, "Do you have a short list of your most inspirational books?" Um, my favorite book right now um has been for the last couple of years, Rocket Fuel. I love that book. I'm probably going to read it again in January. Um I'm a big fan of Rocket Fuel, and Secrets of the Millionaire Mind is great. And then, you know, all the classics. I I typically I, I can show I can tell you what's in my audible book, or I've just downloaded like three new audibles a couple of weeks ago. Um, you would think that my audible would be something like how to make more babies or something. I'm very inter- inter- interested in making more babies. Um, books I read in 2021 that I really liked were, were Tax-Free Wealth. <laughs> um, Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wilwright. That's a, an amazing book. Another really, really good book is Raising Private Capital uh, by Matt Faircloth, which is a um, Bigger Pockets book. And I've probably read that five times. Um, I'm not so much about inspirational stuff. I'm not a really big inspiration guy at all. Like for me, the thing that gives me inspiration is a completed task. I call it the lawnmower effect. Okay. So, what inspires me is, yeah, I love listening to Les Brown. I love listening to YouTube. I love, you know, all those kind of things and having conversations with people about real things. But for me, I'm anti-hype, right? I know that essentially the amazing quote or the thing that I'm learning is a fleeting feeling. It's going to go away. Mm -hmm. Okay. Much like mowing a lawn. I pull up my lawnmower, I mow the lawn, I have immediate satisfaction, I have endorphins. Like I did, oh, you, have you ever seen um, Castaway with Tom Cruise, or not Tom Cruise, but Tom Hanks? I haven't, everyone's, I've had a lot of people tell me I need to see it. Amazing, amazing movie. But he, he basically gets stranded on a, an island. He has to create fire. And when he finally figures out how to create fire, he's like, oh, I have created fire, oh! You know, it's just this epic scene. And very quickly, it's now on to the next problem, right? That that amazing moment of endorphins, I did this, is very fleeting, okay? So the lawnmower effect was I would mow my lawn. The second I was done mowing my lawn, guess what was happening? The grass started growing back. It's a fleeting moment. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I did something. I got an endorphin. I got a rush. And now the grass starts growing back. So for me- um, I know those moments are fleeting. And so I'm looking for things to permanently solve problems in my life, not just to mow the grass, not to satisfy or put a bandaid on a problem. And so I'm looking for books like Tax-Free Wealth by um, Tom mm-hmm. right? was a book. Guys, check this out. I, I, don't. We won't go into how much Cody and I made this year, but we made a pretty decent amount of money. How much in taxes do you think Cody and I will pay this year? We'll pay $0 in taxes. And the reason we've done that is because of a book we read. That is not a Band-Aid. That is a solution. I am looking for real solutions in my life, not a lawnmower effect. And so that it's the reason why I don't read a lot of inspirational books. I read a lot more tactical. Here's exactly what to do in your business type of books. Even Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, it does have inspirational things. But that conversation about his wife, you told, is a very tactical conversation, right? Yeah.
0: What about you? What what books are you into this year? Tactical stuff as well. I was just going through, uh, through my list. I mean, one of the the best books, what great book that I just finished reading was called the big leap. And, um, the great part about that book was, it was talking about like your upper limit. So it basically, like the whole concept around the book is like as you elevate in life whether it's making more money becoming more successful you start to have like your self-limiting beliefs start to really attack you from your childhood and you start to you know you do things that can self-sabotage you because you're making more money than you've ever made and it makes your subconscious your you know four-year old cody uncomfortable because of the way that you were raised so it talks about you know how to work through those issues. And I know that those are things that affect me from when I was a child. So I'm doing more books that are working on up here and helping me overcome mental blocks and barriers and anxieties and things like that. Um, and then also I would say my favorite author now ever currently anyways, is Mike Michalowicz because of the books that he's written. He wrote profit first, fix this next clockwork so like profit first is all about managing your company's money massive change for us it, that's how we manage all of our company's money is by profit first like literally game changer so profit first um fix this next is another one great by him by being able to help you kind of identify the things oh,
1: that 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 right there profit first needs to be a, you need to give that a couple of minutes okay Not, you can't just breeze over that Here's something. I'm much older than Cody, guys. I'm 11 years older than Cody. I have gray hair. He doesn't. I have had so many businesses. And guys, raise your hand if you've, you've felt this way as well. In your business, you're constantly telling yourself, I'm going to fix my QuickBooks. I'm going to set up QuickBooks. I'm going to fix my accounting. I'm going to figure out my bookkeeping. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Next thing you know, it's six months, 12 months, 18 months later. And you're like, dude, my stuff is a mess. I'll, I'll let somebody else figure it out and it just builds and builds and builds and compounds until the point where you're, it's one of those things in the back of your mind. Yeah, I can confidently say because of Profit First and our bookkeeper, Tony, and what Cody has in, um, implemented and what our business has implemented, the first time in my life, I am confident in our accounting. Confident of... of and this has been over a year, but yeah, saying I know where our money is. I know how much we have, I know where, what account it's in and what it's for and what it's from. I know what our budgets are. I like, that is a life changing thing. That's not the lawnmower effect. That is, I have completely removed that from our, you know, we have removed that from our lives. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Profit first what exactly does it teach you? Give somebody a little bit more insight on what they, it actually teaches you.
0: Yeah, so, so profit first is everyone that's a business owner. What do you want to do when you get paid in your business? We're just going to reinvest it. We're going to re- reinvest it, reinvest it. We're going to just freaking keep blowing it up and just dumping it in, dumping it in, dumping it in. And we're just going to continue to grow. But the problem is as you just reinvest and reinvest and reinvest, what happens is you're not getting paid. You know, you're your best employee in your business. You're paying your employees, but you're not paying yourself. You're, you're, not, you're shorting your best employee, which is yourself. So, you know, it really it helps you identify, number one, um, areas where you're wasting money in your current business. And it helps you from wherever you're at in your business, whether you're $0 to 250 grand a year in in revenue, or 250 to 500, 500 to a million, a million to five million, a five million to 10 million. Those are the increments that it goes up in the book. And it shows you exactly what percentages of revenue should be going to where, how much revenue should be going towards your operating expenses, how much revenue should be going to your profit, how much revenue should be going to um, your owner's salary. And it helps you understand, okay, you can't obviously change it all overnight, but understand how to start making some incremental adjustments to then be able to get that to be super consistent. And for me, I know pace for pace, like he's just like, oh, not as worried about it. Or maybe he was, I don't know. But I would think about him like, man, like I'm going to die before I turn 30 because of how much stress and anxiety over like the money management, because it wasn't like we weren't making money. It was, we would make money, but then redeploy all of it we don't need to get paid. We don't need a paycheck. Like We just, let's just redeploy everything. And so doing that, it, you know, we would starve ourselves from, you know, taking a paycheck. It would starve ourselves from, you know, being able to have consistency. And now, you know, we're able to be at a point where, you know, we take owner, uh, owner salaries on a monthly basis, you know, on the 1st and 15th, we take quarterly distributions, at the end of each quarter. Um, if we've done well, that profit is able to, you know, come to us and as a reward, um, you know, if we didn't do that well, Hey, you're not going to have as much profit. Right. So, but you know, here's the biggest thing is profit. Hold
1: on. Speaking on, speaking on that one topic, Mm -hmm. I'm getting a check back in December. Okay. Because we have one of our accounts, right? So money comes into our account. Where does that money go? What's the first chunk of money that gets pulled out?
0: Uh, Tax, tax account.
1: taxes. 15%. So 15% gets pulled into a tax account. So what did we also say earlier, guys? We said we're we're paying $0 in taxes because of all the properties we own utilizing depreciation. We'd be happy to deep dive on that in another conversation another day. But because we implemented depreciation this year on our rental properties that we purchased using Creative Finance, we then have a tax account at the end of the year that has a surplus of cash that will not be going to the IRS. So I will then get a check back. Cody will get a check back out of that account as now it's compensation because it's money we put to the side we ended up not needing because of the way we bought so many properties. Ironically, what do you think we're going to do with most of that money? I'm not going to buy a Ferrari, whatever that was that we were looking at today. I'm going, I'm going to go. I, I already know one property. I'm like, oh, I, I already know where that money's going to go. I'm I want to go buy that property. So for me, it's just more compounding, compounding, compounding. Profit first, put that money to the side instead of us saying, let's deal with that later. And what's interesting is it's kind of the back against the wall type of situation because what happens with most people is they'll bring a $10,000 assignment fee into their business and they spend all $10,000 of that on marketing or redeployment or a coaching program or whatever. And then at the end of the year, they're stressed out about, oh my gosh, I didn't save any money for taxes. So profit first is absolutely huge in our business. It's huge.
0: I would say too, one of the biggest things is like it what Profit First does is it makes you look at your business as an actual business because people are like, "Yeah, I made ten grand this month. I made a hundred grand this month." It's uh, no, you didn't make a hundred grand this month. You didn't make ten grand this month. Your company generated ten or a hundred thousand dollars in revenue, and your owner's comp from that pay is X, or your profit from that is X. So you know, it, it changes it for the way that you're looking at money coming in. It's, it's not as you know personal anymore. It starts to just look at, it's like numbers coming in and all of the numbers that came in have a job and they have a place to go.
1: Bradley asked a question. So Bradley's um, awesome. One of the, our two students, lease option out for five years, claim all depreciation, sell then 1031. I feel like we're doing less lease options um, lately. We've been doing a lot more rentals yeah. We're we're deciding that um, we're capitalized in a position. We're making a phase, right? So Bradley, we talk about phases in business. We're in a phase we're going through right now where um, we went from like 85% of our, our exit strategies were lease options to now it's probably more like 50-50. And I would say by the end of 2021, it would be more like 15% lease options, 85% rentals because we don't want to exit these properties. The reason why a lease option is so epic for so many people is because you do a five-year lease option and then you get a five-year loan from a private lender. And you tell that private lender, I'll give you your money back at the end of five years. When that lease option executes their option, that private lender gets paid back at the same time. So you can really set up your private lender with good expectations and a timeline of when you'll pay them back on the deal. But we're in a position now where we're getting lenders that don't need to be paid back in five years. We're deploying some more additional money of our own cash. In fact, Cody and I talked about um, creating a fund from our fix and flip money and then going out and deploying that into more rentals and paying our fund as if it's a private lender. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. We should, you know what we should do is next Sunday, we should do a whiteboard Sunday service. We should go. We should go down to the um, Tempe office and just bust this all out on a whiteboard and break out all of our income streams, or at least real estate-related income streams, our goals for 2021, and some of the things that we're going through and learning to give people some value. If, if you guys would want to see us do a whiteboard session, let us know. Cody, give us some. Give us some thoughts on this.
0: Uh, so Section 8 rentals is going to depend on you know what state you're in, what city you're in. They're going to vary heavily based on where you're at. So um, my first word of advice would be find some local investors in your market that are doing Section 8 um, would be number one. So you can identify how Section 8 works in your market. Um, my thought process on Section 8 is we're excited to do it. Um, we haven't done. You know, we haven't set up our properties on section eight yet. We were working on it with one of them, but you know, with COVID it's taking a really long time. And so basically I got impatient. didn't want to wait more than two months for the city to come back and forth. Cause it's a lot of the city going back and forth and it's basically the DMV. Like imagine you're dealing with the DMV over the phone. It's like, you know, it just takes a really long time to get set up. I think it's great from a lot of investors that you know we know that do it, um, but it's something that plan on it, taking some time for you to get set up. Yeah, I like that answer. So
1: Roger Bremer says, what would happen if you stopped posting these videos for your business? That's a great question. None of our deals come from Sunday Service. Um, I don't think we've bought one deal real estate wise from Sunday Service and posting these videos. Honestly, do you know where Sunday service started from, Roger? I don't know where that question comes from, but happy to try and deep dive into it. Sunday service originally came from how busy Cody and I were um, a couple of years ago when we first started out. The only time Cody and I could get time together was Sunday evening. And so we would get together. We would whiteboard. We would talk about the week coming up. And I said, you know what, man, we should give this to people for free value. He's like, okay, great. So that's where this started. That's where Sunday service started. You know what we originally did? Cody, tell us about the transition of where we went, what we went through, and how we even got to where we're now streaming with a graphic as our backdrop, and it looks all professional and stuff. What did that look like?
0: Uh, Yeah, so we used to use a a call-in conference website called freeconferencecallhd.com, where people had to dial in, type in a pin to get on the call. It was confusing, and you know, challenging to get on. And so that's what we first started with. We would just do those calls and then um, we transitioned to doing then some Instagram lives after months of doing the calls. And then we were like, oh, that's not the best. And then we started doing some Facebook lives and then Pace found StreamYard and here we are. <laughs> yeah, guys, we it, it's
1: it was a transition. We never thought about doing this as any sort of podcast until we just gained a, a following. At the beginning of 2020, we had nearly 600, 700 people watching this live. We had a lot of people watching and we went off the air for about four months because of just how busy we were. And we brought it back. Um, Our business does not depend on us posting videos whatsoever. We just enjoy doing this. But the main reason we used to do it was because it was the only time Cody and I actually had time to talk for an hour or two um, about our business. So we would break down our business, our deals, where the deals came from, all of that kind of stuff. Matt Beard, 18 months ago, I listened to every conference call. And what's funny is now Matt Beard's one of my favorite people. And he's my business partner. Yeah. Um, unbelievable how, how things go. Right. Yeah. Um, so guys here, I think we should do something cool next year or next week. I think what we should do is we should create a graphic. Okay. Kelly, um, who's obviously paying attention because she's unbelievable. Um, yeah, those calls are dead, dude. They're not, they're, you can't, you'll never be able to hear those calls. Who would even know how to get access to those? That would be amazing if somebody's like, I recorded every one of those archived calls. I might um, be able to find them, all. Work. That'd be funny if you could find those. So what I want to do this coming Sunday, let's do this for Sunday service topic, okay? I want you guys to, I want everybody to come out to Sunday service. It's going to be the last one of the year. And what we're going to do is we're going to be doing 2021 planning. I think we do it a little bit earlier. Would you guys want to do Sunday service a little earlier or keep it at the same time? Let us know. I think we do a whiteboard session and we talk about how to plan out your 2021, what your main goal should be, how to get there, all of those things and give everybody just three action steps to take, just three action steps to take. And I think we follow along people throughout the year. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, no, I'd love that. That'd be fun. Hey,
1: B-Y-N-Y, here's a very quick answer to this. Where do you find sub two and seller finance contracts? Either A, go hire an attorney like I did and spend $30,000 doing it the right way. Or B, go to one of my students. If you're guys, if you're a sub two student, why are you guys not helping B-Y-N-Y? Sub two students need to go to this this, um, person. I have no idea what your name is. I'm very sorry. Um, And say, hey, how can we help you? Because my students can help you. If you're going to go do a deal with them, they'll bring my contracts to the table, but you've got to go do a deal. Go bring value to somebody to get a contract. Sub two and seller finance contracts are not just something that you can whip up on a computer. You need to have an attorney draft them. All my sub two students have access to them and use them. So hit up my sub two students in the the chat. We, we have out of the nearly 300 people that are watching live, I'm, I almost guarantee 125 to 150 of them are sub two students. Okay. There's Rick, there's Kelly Hanno, Aaron Leitz, Leo Aguirre, uh, so Tequila. Uh, so many of our students are in there. So, guys, work with my students. If you guys need help on creative finance stuff, work with my students in the chat. Okay. There's Mamadou right there. There you go, guys. Amazing. So I would love, I would love to have us create some sort of like goal sheet. We should have Georgia create something that's like Sunday service branded as a goal sheet for everybody that is downloadable. Everybody prints it out and they fill it out during Sunday service next week. That would be freaking cool. Yeah, let's do it. Your oh my gosh. Jermaine, sub two student out of san antonio all right that's what we're going to do guys next week's sunday service is going to be all about wrapping up 2020 and launching into 2021 to make it your best year 2020 was my best year but before that 2019 was my best year too and before that 2018 was my best year so 2021 i know is going to be our best year let's jump into our business for 30 minutes Let's spend an hour at least giving people three action items that they can take to make 2021 the best year of their professional real estate career. What are your thoughts?
0: I love it. I'm excited. Let's do it. Love it.
1: All right, guys. um, Hopefully you got value tonight for Sunday service. Please, if if you're watching this on Facebook, I want you guys to know my goal is to truly completely annihilate and stop streaming to Facebook. And there's a couple of reasons for that. You guys can't network with each other. The people in Facebook can't network with the people in YouTube and vice versa. And so we're trying to just push everybody to YouTube. We're trying to get everybody just to be on one platform so you guys can all see each other's chats. You can see um, everybody's names and you guys can start messaging each other because half of the audience doesn't have access to the other half of the audience because of the different platforms. Okay. So. Going forward, please, guys, do me a favor. Every Sunday, we didn't even talk about Sunday service today, which is probably why we are have 100 viewers less than we normally do. We usually have a, nearly 400. We're at you know, somewhere around 300. So please start transitioning to, to, sun, to Sunday service on YouTube, 7 p.m. Arizona time, all year long. Start going to YouTube and let everybody in the Facebook groups, let everybody know. Sunday service is going to primarily at some point switch over to YouTube in 2021. It's just easier. It's cleaner. It makes it so we can network with each other. And if you guys are are having questions about creative finance, you should be able to reach out to sub two students all in the chat. But unfortunately, if you're brand new and you need help, half of the audience isn't even accessible to you because you're in Facebook or whatever. Um, So Cody, you got anything before we wrap it up?
0: Yeah, I would just say um, just a reminder for everybody that's on. We are on Spotify and iTunes now, so if you want to download the episode, or if you're missing an episode and you know want to just listen through them as you're driving to work, you can go on Spotify or iTunes and search for Sunday Service and you know download it right on there. Um, next week probably wouldn't be the best. One since it's gonna be a whiteboard one, but like tonight's episode, right? So, um, you know, we're on Spotify and iTunes. And as always, you know, if you're getting value from this, we wanna grow our community. Um, We're close to 20,000 people in the Facebook group. We wanna push to that as quickly as possible. So um, we want to to see as many people possible, you know, continue to grow within the community. King Edward made a great point. Don't forget about the Facebook comment challenge. Pace this is up to you. You got to make, you got to look through the comments and see which one you think is the funny. Have,
1: have Kelly make the decision.
0: Okay. Kelly. All right. So guys, it's going to be up to Kelly. Kelly, go through the comments. Obviously, you know what posts we're talking about in the creative Facebook group where we, I took the picture of pace and asked people to make funny comments. So whoever made the best comment, Kelly, if you could let us know who you think. And so we can pick a winner, but um, Kelly says her comment was the best. <laughs> She's amazing. So why don't we do this? Why don't, um, we hop off, paste, pick the best one. We'll announce it in the comment section so we could actually right. take a look at it right now. Yeah. You want me to go into Facebook? No, we can, we can hop off and then just comment in the Facebook post. Love it. We'll do that. Um, so guys, a couple things.
1: Leo Aguirre has brought it up a couple of times. times. Um, we are doing a 31-hour live calling session for sellers. It was originally supposed to be on December 15th, but we had so many people uh, try and sign up. We had 1,600 people sign up for something that is limited to 500 people. So we decided we were going to try and find a different platform. I, I think we found the right platform. We're tr- currently testing it out. The 31 hour live calls it are going to happen on December 30th. And if you actually registered, you were you have already received an email for that. So, if you haven't registered, I'll make sure that Kelly or somebody puts it in the Facebook group. You guys can register. We are expanding it so we can get at least the amount of people that originally signed up which was 1600 people signed up for that. That's insane. Insane. So, um, anyway, guys have a great night. Thank you for tuning into Sunday service. We will see you next Sunday. We're going to be doing year end planning and 2021 launch planning. Hopefully we can have a year or a a three-step process for you that you guys can print out on a document. You guys can follow along and fill in the blanks. That would be an amazing.